0: crisis spawns necessity. Necessity fuels innovation. McKinsey and company have reported that the pandemic response is that companies are deprioritizing innovation to concentrate on four other things, shoring up their core business, pursuing known opportunity spaces, conserving cash and minimizing risk. However, in the past crises, companies that invested in innovation delivered superior growth and performance post-crisis. JFK once observed that the world crisis in Chinese is made up of two characters, danger and opportunity. Now, he may not have been entirely correct on the linguistics, but the sentiment is true enough. So how do companies find creative ways to continue to fund their innovative projects? We've invited Dr. Vivian Bidot, CEO of Dryad Innovation Consultancy for Deep Tech Startups and SMEs, to help answer that question. Welcome, Vivian, to the show.
1: Hi, Patricia. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'm really interested in getting deep dived into this uh, topic today, Um, but I thought we could maybe kick off the conversation with a bit of an explainer about innovation. What exactly is it and why does it matter in business?
1: (laughs) That's a very, very large question, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But um, innovation... uh, It's a bit cheesy, but I'll start with a quote. Uh, Innovation is seeing what everybody has seen and thinking what nobody has thought before. Uh, Mm -hmm. Basically, the the, the tenets of innovation is to try uh, to make something new uh, and uh, uh, using everything that is available, really. Uh, So There's a lot of innovation that is built by uh, remixing things that already exist in new ways. And Mm -hmm. then there's what we call like uh, um, blue ocean innovation that starts from from scratch and from research laboratories. Uh, But the truth is even that kind of research, uh, that kind of innovation uh, is built from uh, previous knowledge and experience. So uh, innovation is all about uh, what you uh, know and how to compile it in in a way that will bring something new uh, to the world. And uh, obviously for businesses, it is quite uh, critical uh, in a context where uh, the uh, of global competition, of course, uh, but also of rapid changes, and uh, companies will need to uh, use innovation uh, to respond to crisis like like the one we are in at the moment. Uh, so pivoting is typical, uh, typically an answer, and uh, innovation uh, is is necessary for that. And also, I mean, innovation generally is here to help you build your uh, USP as a business.
0: Nice. Um, you know, I definitely think um, we are definitely in that global context. You know, this pandemic is affecting everybody. Um, and companies are having to look very differently at how they raise capital to drive whether, the, you know, the innovation within their business. So what is the link between innovation and why does it matter in grant funding? Why is it you know that grant funding focuses on that? What is the link between the two?
1: So uh, one of the reasons uh, is uh, actually uh, because of the international uh, framework, uh, the, the uh, agreements between uh, the different countries on uh, what is public funding. So um, generally speaking, the international rules on competitiveness uh, make that, uh, the, the public funding of private ventures is, uh, is forbidden, except when, uh, there is a market failure or what is perceived as a market failure. And, uh, uh, in the, uh, European, uh, area, uh, there is, uh, one that is seen as, uh, the, the funding of research and development and, uh, innovation, uh, is seen as a market failure because Basically, uh, innovation is too risky for uh, Business Angel and uh, Venture Capital to invest at an early stage. Hence, uh, grant funding comes in to bridge that gap. That's the the, the nature of it. Um, And uh, uh, grants, they are uh, mostly available to fund research and development and by extension uh, innovation um so th- th- there's not only these type of grants, but generally that's that's the 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 whole point of it
0: Ah, oh, that's so interesting, so it's really there you really to address the issue of of risk yes, um you know fully. where there is a there's an opportunity but investors like you know we see it all the time. You know investors fees you know institutional investment you know you'll often hear a no because it's too early stage you know how many exactly. times do we hear that and um, so mm-hmm. this is where the grant funding uh comes in
1: yeah it is it, it is supposedly coming in at this stage the reality of it is that it's not that simple uh, mm-hmm. We often hear that uh, grant funding is one of the first line of funding that you should sell out when you are creating a new business, especially if you have no capital. Uh, that is unfortunately, um, probably not uh, a good idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, I, I suppose we'll come back on this later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No um your expertise um you have you have been on both sides of the table you are actually part of the horizon 2020 grant applications review team um yes. which is one of the european's flagship innovation initiatives um to help sort of europe uh compete on the global stage and I suppose we are coming into the final days, or I suppose we're overdue now. I think it should have been done yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, the end of Britain's relationship with with Europe. Um, what impact is Brexit going to have on the UK being able to compete and see landmark breakthroughs without access to grant funding like that?
1: Mm. Well, that, that's a very good question. Um, I mean... Uh, Horizon twenty twenty, so the the European funding for innovation for businesses, right, um, is uh, one of the instruments that was very very successfully uh, used by uh, British businesses, and uh, I, I should mention also British academics because uh, it 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 financed both. Mm-hmm. Um, for every billion pound that uh, the UK government was investing, uh, it was receiving 1.6 billion pounds uh, <laughs> that were invested wow. in uh, in uh, yes, uh, in innovation. Um, and uh, the UK has consistently be uh, in the top three countries uh, uh, apply, uh, winning uh, grants in, in there with uh, Spain and, and, and Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. So it has profited a lot from this. Um, but uh, funny enough um, EIC accelerator so the, the, the kind of funding that I, I, I'm doing review for uh, it is extremely competitive and at the end of the day it funds only a handful of companies per year uh, in the UK and, and in Europe generally speaking um, mm-hmm. so this is uh, not accessible anymore as of now already okay. um, but um, we are speaking about the, the funding of a few tenths of companies per year. Uh, so the difference it will make here is not that massive. Um, the British government has announced that it will step up and, and bridge the, 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 the lack of funding. Uh, and we've seen that already. I mean, they already massively increased the budget last year of the uh, UK research and innovation uh, agency, so UKRI, which is uh, the on top sits on top of Innovate UK, mm-hmm. um, but um, I mean, <laughs> one point six billion is a lot of money to bridge. So uh, yeah. th- there's another uh, another line of funding which is really important for uh, startups, uh, which is linked to uh, the European Regional Development Funds. Uh, so these funds uh, are, are really important. outside of London, especially in areas like the Northern Powerhouse, Manchester, Leeds as well, -hmm. where European Regional Development Funds are invested by the European Commission to support business, small business development and startups. So in Leeds, for example, we have a host of support services and uh, and uh, small brands as well for, for startups mm-hmm. um, that are made available by this funding. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, when uh, we leave the European Commission, this funding will run out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure by what it will be replaced. <laughs> so um, I think on that front, that's where I'm more worried, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have all the answers right at the minute. So they're kind of, you know, Bells no, the, they, plan, they, the plan is to flying it.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly uh, there, there's that but also there's the, the fact that uh, the, the government has been focusing on on uh, mostly reinforcing the funding of the central anti uh, entities sorry uh, that uh, uh, that fund innovation but uh, so far not much in terms of regional support uh, at least mm. uh, I haven't seen anything any announcement like that.
0: Yeah, they're kind of busy at the minute I think.
1: (laughs) might
0: <laughs> be a couple of <laughs> things that just keep going round and round and I feel like we're on some kind of weird grindhog day yeah. Um now let's pause uh, for a second and learn a little bit about you Vivian because um, neither of us are uh, from <laughs> Manchester as you can hear from both our accents <laughs> um, so I want to learn a little bit about you um, and the first thing I want to talk about is your academic record it is the most impressive thing I have ever seen <laughs> tell me about your education journey and what you learned Along the way, I'm not sure if that's this is just going to be in one call podcast or a series. But tell us a bit about your educational journey.
1: Yeah, I, I'll make it quick. I'll make it quick. Um, right. So, um, so I, I'm a French, born and bred, raised in Paris, and I, I studied uh, chemistry at uh, one of the, the the university in Paris, so, which is called Orsay. Um, so I I did a, a, a BSc uh, in chemistry uh, and. Uh, it's an old science, chemistry, uh, and I was really always looking at contribute to contributing, sorry, to the, you know, uh, to uh, current science and technology. Mm. Um, yep. So, um, at some point, I, I started looking at what was going on with climate change and everything, and I decided, you know what, uh, the future is probably in uh, the nuclear industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that, that, that was probably a bit misguided, but anyway. Uh, so, I did, my, uh, I, I did a, a, a MSc uh, in nuclear chemistry and then a PhD. Uh, in the nuclear French agency. So I was looking at uh, the the long-term evolution of nuclear waste storage. So basically trying to secure it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when we are speaking about long-term, it's like millions of years you need to secure it for. So there's a lot of research to do. Um, And I was uh, lucky enough to be able to to work on on very large instruments uh, and supercomputers uh, at the time because there was a lot of modeling to be done. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that brought me a bit to the digital world, let's say, and its potential because obviously, uh, with a computer you can uh, do experiments with the uh, uh, radioactive, horribly toxic, horribly radioactive. Uh, Projects uh, in silico without having to mm-hmm. uh, work with them. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. oh, this is the future. Um, I want to to go a bit deeper into that, uh, and uh, and I decided to study what was the bleeding edge of uh, of this, which was uh, by by going to Japan uh, in a, in a research team that was developing basically what would be the the, the future of uh, of modeling. Um, so I worked in Japan for, for two years between two thousand ten and two thousand twelve, uh trying to, to 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 bring new technology uh back to the, the nuclear field. Um and then when I was there, Fukushima happened. Oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. Yes, uh, in 2011, if you remember, there was yes. uh, the earthquake and the Fukushima uh, accident uh, and that's when I realized that uh, actually uh, my career plan was pretty much done for because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're thinking, yeah. you're, you're betting you're, the, that the future is going to rest on a technology that was just proven as being completely unsafe, we knew already that. Uh, governments will massively divest from from the nuclear industry. Mm-hmm. Well anyway, uh so at the end of the day uh I came back uh in 2012 uh from uh, from Japan to to France and uh I was obviously starting to think that I, I needed to explore other uh avenues and I was still very very interested in innovation. Uh so um so I thought, you know, uh Innovation is done uh, not only uh, in uh, academic research and not only in the nuclear field, but everywhere. And there's a lot of th- uh, there's a lot of talks ab- uh, at the moment about uh, innovation in startups. I, I should probably have mm-hmm. a look at, at what it is. And uh, and that was the the beginning of something else, uh, something else entirely. And, and that that's how I uh, I, I I did the um, that that turn that shift to to, to yeah, working with starters. that
0: pivot if we're talking pivot, in entrepreneurial exactly. speak. <laughs> but let's pivot into
1: like this <laughs> nuclear
0: stuff's not going to work out let's pivot into something else
1: exactly
0: <laughs> but that's like but even that's a phenomenal, you know so to go from like i can't I can't even get my head around maybe what you were doing as a you know mm. as your career I couldn't my my <laughs> brain just doesn't go there um but then how do you go from that how do you go from nuclear back in Paris thinking about a pivot to becoming a thought leader in the UK grants process like there's there's a that's a whole other kind of you know uh, you know lifetime <laughs> of experience <laughs> yeah. so tell us about that.
1: Well, it's quite, uh, it's quite funny, actually, the way it, it panned out, but um, so uh, when I was back in Paris uh, after this uh, Japanese experience, uh, I was looking at, indeed, at uh, other options and, and what, how I could still work uh, in the innovation and research field without being in academia. Um, because I thought the pace of it was a bit slow as well. It's not only about the nuclear thing, it's also academia um, and mm-hmm. its connection to the real world, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, uh, academic research uh, brings a lot of value to the real world, but uh, the translation between what is done in research laboratories and uh, what, is the, what is implemented uh, in daily life it takes 30 years. Um, mm. so I was looking at something a bit more concrete you know um, and uh, I, I started speaking with uh, friends and colleagues in Paris that that were connected with that field and a friend of mine just launched uh, at the time uh, a company that uh, a consultancy that aimed at uh, supporting, Startups applying to grant funding in France, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, he he uh, he, he was—he has—he's a very interesting character. Uh, He has built his company uh, from uh, nothing uh, to uh, multi-million-pound business. Uh, back in Paris uh, in, in a matter of a few years. Um, and he was looking at the time, he was at the beginning of the journey, he was looking for someone with technology expertise uh, to help him. Uh, so that's how I started. He told me basically, I need help with this application. I'm not sure I understand the technology. Can you can you come in and, and, and explain? Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I started. Uh, I started freelancing back in, in France. And then, uh, well, life happened. My wife found a, a position at uh, in a, a spin-out, uh, of all things, uh, mm-hmm. of the University of Leeds. <laughs> so we moved to the UK. Um, and uh, my job uh, that, we, that it was now beginning to be as a freelancer, um, as a, a, a technology expert, really advising uh, in, in France, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could do that from anywhere in the world. Uh, so, obviously, instead of a beach uh, in Miami, uh, we ended up in Leeds. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, potato, potato. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I started uh, working from Leeds. Um, And after a few few months working in Leeds, I realized that there was a whole ecosystem of startups here that that Mm -hmm. were that was really interesting and that I I wanted to know more and uh, and I wanted to work with them. And so I created my company basically with the idea of replicating mostly what uh, my friend in Paris was doing uh, in uh, in the UK. Mm And that was a learning experience because both markets are extremely different. (laughs) I had no idea of business. Uh, I mean, as I said, uh, I was an academic, fully uh, true and true at the time. and uh, so I was coming uh, in, in the UK country that I didn't know on the market that I didn't know with uh, preconceived and misconceived ideas about how I could uh, help companies here. So it's been an interesting uh, journey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to, 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 to keep it simple, I, I really learned by, by doing um, in, in the process, uh, trial and error um by offering my services and uh i started really early on working with uh, with like really well established startups in uh, in the area uh but uh, it took a while before uh we i was able to you know to build the knowledge and understanding of the the, the british system uh mm-hmm. so that i could really bring value to to, to companies
0: if you're enjoying the podcast, simply hit the like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. If you have the time, leave us a review. You can do that really easily by going to ratemypodcast.com forward slash fast forward. I think it's, it's such a minefield that I think the only way to do it is by doing exactly. um, and then and then accumulating all of that knowledge and the mistakes that you've made to accelerate it then for the next person that you might that you might help, um, and you have helped um, quite a few uh, businesses in the UK uh, secure funding. Um, could you tell us a bit about some of your successful collaborations and how they came about?
1: About two years ago, we we started really working uh, with British startups. Uh, so that that might seem hopefully late, uh, given that the company was founded in in 2014. But it's that long. It. It took that long for us to be able to mm-hmm. really nail uh, the the understand the market and and nail or our, 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 uh, business offer. Um, yeah. So we started uh, collaborating with uh, a, a few startups uh, uh, in uh, in the region uh, on the long term. So now we we. So in grant funding, most of the companies, they work in, uh, as bid writers, so they, they write mm-hmm. grant application as one-off, we offer like long-term support. Um, and uh, one of the companies we started working with is, uh, is called Active Cell Technologies. Mm-hmm. So they are a 3D printing companies, they are based in the suburbs of, uh, of Leeds. Uh, and, and they contacted us really just after they were created. At the time, um, they had uh, multiple ideas uh, that, that uh, they, they wanted to, to try, but uh, they were not sure which one would be, uh, first, the most appetizing for uh, funders, and, mm-hmm. second, the one that will allow them to develop uh, the, the, the fastest. Um, so they, come to, they, they came to us to see uh, what, you know, grant funding was all about, what could and could not be funded, uh, getting our advice on that, and then getting on support on, apl- on, on applying. Um, so that started uh, last November, uh, Yeah, a, a bit more than a year ago. Uh, so they, they, uh, we helped them at the beginning to uh, scope out wh- wh- what was the, the, the best project that they had that, that we could ask funding for. Uh, and while they were busy uh, starting their, 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 their company and buying the, the, the first 3D printers and offering their uh, 3D printing service uh, on remote as, uh, as they do now, uh, the, <laughs> the crisis happened. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they started immediately uh, using their technology to print uh, PPE. Uh, because ah. uh, you know the face masks yeah, uh, yeah. They, they could uh, they could uh, print uh, the bindings uh, that, that you put mm-hmm. around your head for the the, 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 the face masks. Yeah. Uh, so they, they started doing that and one thing brought to another and they completely pivoted their offer because they thought you know what we can do things with PPE uh, let's try to p- offer an innovation on uh, for um, uh, masks. Uh, perfectly fitting the face of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of users. And uh, we thought, oh, well, that, that might be an idea that might be of interest for you know, uh, to innovate UK. And, mm-hmm. and they won that competition. So they started, uh, they started developing that technology, uh, knowing that originally uh, what they wanted to fund was uh, the infrastructure for their 3D printing service and not, uh, not a product. So yeah. <laughs> that wasn't so they got to do one. that,
0: yeah. But they got it, to exactly. do that, but also with a with an innovation. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: nice. And, and that that was completely unexpected uh, uh, for for us or for them. But because we were working with them on the long run, you know, when they pivoted, we heard about it and we started exploring what was available at the time that could help them in uh, in that new pathway they they, they choose. So that that mm-hmm. was. Uh, yeah, that that was really important, um, and now they, they are they they are trying to keep uh, uh, innovating because the, that project is almost finished, and uh, they yeah. they are they, they they will try to, to keep on developing that, that technology further. Yeah. So that, that that's that's one. Um, I think a second one that that might be of interest is a, a company that is called uh, What Charity. So it used to be called What Impact. Uh, that I met in Leeds when they came to pitch to not invest. If you if you know this uh, yes, this yeah, uh, yeah, business know, engine well, network, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, so. One of the team at the time was based in Manchester, so they thought, why not uh, trying to access to uh, business angel uh, capital uh, investment uh, in the north? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they, they, they have the, the, the most interesting project, which is to, to support, uh, to, to transform the way charities are, are supported. Uh, by uh, not only uh, getting uh, charitable donation from people, but also from businesses. Um, and they have developed, uh, developed this, this platform. And without, you know what, Innovate UK might be interested in, in supporting that. So we worked with them. And uh, they landed a massive grant for, for developing uh, a new version of the platform where they could actually, you know, develop artificial intelligence algorithm to match businesses automatically with, uh, with, um, uh, with charities. Um, and so they, they got, I think, £300,000 from, from Innovate UK to, to, mm-hmm. to do that. So the, the, that really helped, uh, uh, helped them to, 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 to keep off.
0: Yeah, and it's the technology, that algorithm, that AI. You know, there will probably be multiple applications for it once they develop it, and that's obviously how you know the user cases for that then becomes yeah. more than just the remit of the actual, the actual grant yep. itself. Exactly, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially, they started already pivoting a bit because they realized that the market was much larger. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they are not called what charity anymore, but what impact and they are looking uh, at not only charities, but also social enterprise and uh, yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's an exciting we are we are still working with them uh, at this point in time. And yeah, there's a lot that is coming. Uh, It's really exciting to be working with them, to be honest.
0: (laughs) And I think particularly at this time, where we're all trying to grasp onto a bit of purpose, that that's a very purposeful project to work on, where it will have a huge amount of social value, um, which is really, really more important now than ever before. Um, Now, so let's get into the nitty gritty of grants. We will have a community of people who are desperate to understand the process and you're the man in the know. Um, So let's start off with, um, you've touched a bit on what's happening post Brexit. Um, So let's sort of look at the nitty gritty of this innovation grants beyond January. European grants, will they still, you know, what's going to be available or what's coming to replace the loss of the European money? What's going to be out there for us?
1: Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I wish I could give you a firm answer. But <laughs> at this point in time, um, and it's the same for all my competitors, we are a bit in the dark. Um, clearly, uh, the government has decided that uh, they are going to replace some of the uh, the funding from the, the European Commission by funding that is going to be injected in uh, UK, RI and Innovate UK. Uh, but mm-hmm. It's not very clear at this point in time how much and how. So uh, what we know is that uh, the uh, industrial uh, strategy uh, has been defined already. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, kind of been uh, <laughs> adapted a bit with the, with the, with the the whole uh, yeah. um, COVID nineteen crisis. But um, and that they are going to keep on investing in things like decarbonization, in uh, mm-hmm. silver tech, uh, etc. Uh, but uh, at this point in time, the only thing I'm sure of is that uh, Innovate UK will still be there and will carry on funding startups. Uh, but uh, how uh, is, is difficult to see. Um, I mean, I
0: have that question about pretty much everything right now. How are they funding everything i <laughs> don't where is money coming from um okay so it's a bit it's a bit muddy at the minute the edrf funding when do things like that end then like when's the mm. last time that companies will be able to access stuff like that
1: so um it depends on when uh, the local authorities or the local organization that is uh that is uh actually um distributing the erdf funding uh has has asked them Uh, So, for Mm -hmm. example, uh, in Leeds, we have uh, something that is called Adventure uh, that Mm -hmm. was funded by ERDF Money and they got a top up, uh, I think it was last year, so it's going to be running up to the end of 2021. Because they okay. got that money at that time, uh, okay. but uh, like there's another line of funding that uh, is in the the region as well that is called PAPI, uh, and it's uh, phasing out as we speak. Actually, the the, the I think okay. the last bits uh, were closed. Um, yeah, a, a few days ago. Um, okay. So. Um, Unless uh, the uh, the organisation uh, that that was receiving that funding managed to ask uh, for a top up or, or get an extension of the project uh, before <laughs> Brexit, uh, like before now, uh, they, they, these might be stopping uh, right as we speak. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, so. Uh, in Leeds, uh, as I said again, that there's going to be about uh, a year, uh, a year more of, of, yeah. of funding for, but it's uh, small funding for early stage companies. Um, it, it, it is very good for uh, very early stage uh, technology startups, uh, but mm-hmm. possibly not enough to for like strong innovation.
0: Okay, so not the hardcore deep tech that we were talking yeah, about at the top exactly. of the show. Um, so it's a rolling, it's a rolling end date. So there's still opportunities, pockets of opportunities out there for companies, but you've just got to get in there. So how do I get in there? How do I find those grants? And how do I find the ones that are the best fit? You know, so if I'm out there looking around, we you know, how do, how do I go about doing it? You know, is it relying on the power of social media? Or is there a place to go? Or, you know, what do you recommend?
1: Finding grants uh, is as much as uh, an art as a science uh, because there's so many um, you know there's so many parameters uh, to to scope out to to be mm. able to see whether a specific grant will really match uh, the uh, business activity of uh, startup companies. Uh, with all its, its peculiarities, you know, the stage it is in, uh, the situation it is in, regarding to, to funding. Um, so um, at the end of the day, um, th- there's two things I can recommend, really. The first one is uh, monitoring what uh, is uh, being done by uh, the central organization for that, which is Innovate UK uh, and UKRI. They have a fantastic uh, website where they post Mm -hmm. uh, and and a newsletter where they post uh, really what are the current uh, opportunities. Um, and that will give you uh, a, an idea of what is available at the nation, uh, the, the nation scale, national scale, yeah. in national scale. Sorry, uh, the the difficulty being that obviously um, this is uh, really for bleeding edge innovation. If you are something, if you are doing something that is a bit uh, is more of a business innovation um, uh, where technology is involved, but you are not doing anything like properly groundbreaking with the technology Uh, then uh, it's more local enterprise partnerships you might want to have a look at for example but generally speaking uh, and that's my second advice um, there's an organization also that is funded by innovate uk which is called uh, ktn the knowledge transfer network and these guys they offer a lot of support that is uh, tailored uh, that is tailored to um, innovation areas so for example if you are uh, doing fintech uh, or if you are doing medtech uh, there are uh, knowledge transfer advisors that are specialists in that uh, who Mm -hmm. you can contact and that will give you a bit of advice for free and these guys they will be able to point you to uh, some of the funding that are available Um, and they will give you uh, relatively good advice on on, on what is uh, what is uh, available, not only in terms of uh, of funding but also on support. So, um, generally speaking, uh, as as a as a um, as a consultant to keep on to, to, to keep on top of what is available. Uh, I, I basically compile personally the information that are available from different sources, including Innovate UK, the Knowledge Transfer mm-hmm. Network, but a, a lot of other ones. Yeah. The difficulty being that none of these like agencies um, are uh, are able to offer comprehensive service because they they basically uh, are aware and specialist of the line of funding they provide. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you want to uh, to see what is available for you specifically, uh, then yes, there are social medias, um, and but mostly you need to find uh, a, a good advisor and, yeah. and a specialist one.
0: Yeah, and it just sounds like a whole, the time that you need to invest into that, it's almost yeah. like probably a job on its job on its own.
1: Yeah, um, but to but be it, honest, that's why we exist. Uh, half of what I do uh, with my time <laughs> is, <laughs> is not actually writing grant application; yeah. is uh, giving them. advice to to funders and and speaking with them on the phone, telling them, "Well, uh, yeah, no, what you do is not eligible for any grant at this point in time, or uh, there might be uh, one that you might be eligible to." Uh, mm-hmm. Or yes, you should definitely go after this. Um, and if they want to work with us, uh, I'm happy. But um, it's also like educating them because there, there's not—I mean, it's still uh, a field that a uh, type of funding where where people are not very aware and don't understand it very well. So.
0: Oh, yeah, like there's definitely some big myths out there um, yes. around grants. So let's bust some of those today, Vivian. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the biggest myths that you often hear smart startups come to tell you um, yeah. when you have conversations with them? What ones can we bust today?
1: Mm. So um the, the, the first one, uh, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation. Uh, is that uh, a grant funding uh, is often uh, sold as being uh, one of the first line of funding you can access as as an entrepreneur if you don't have any cash yourself Uh, and unfortunately this one is uh, almost always uh, wrong. Uh, one of the reasons being that uh, innovation funding uh, is uh, most often than not match funded. So it mm-hmm. covers only a part of uh, the cost of the project. Um, and the second reason is that often uh, it is also refunded. So uh, paid back in arrears. So if you don't have the cash flow, you cannot access the ground. It's uh, ah, as simple as that.
0: I did um, not know you had to pay it back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they so no they they pay you back. Sorry, that that, that was not uh, not that was not clear. So you spend the money up front and mm-hmm. then you claim oh, the grant back.
0: Okay, right, okay. So that yeah, you yeah, so that it's a like a retrospective payment, so you need to have the exactly. cash flow. So exactly. yeah, so it's that chicken and egg situation, it doesn't solve that Completely. problem for a startup. Completely yeah. okay. Yeah, yep. for,
1: for an Innovate UK project, for example, the t- the typical one, smart grounds, um, mm-hmm. you you can get a lot of money to cover uh, a, a full year of uh, of research and innovation. But uh, the the catch is that uh, you will need to fund the first like five months of the project mm-hmm. with your own funds because it's that long that it's how long it takes for you to get the first refund. Um, yeah. And so you need to have other funding in place or uh, uh, revenues in place. So that's the the, the, the first uh, the, the first myth. Um, I think the the, the second one um, is that uh, grants are uh, free money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's interesting because. Uh, I I can understand where it's coming from. Uh, You don't have to give securities as in a bank loan. Uh, You don't have to give equity as uh, with venture capital. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, what you need to give uh, to get a grant is uh, your time as a founder and a lot of it. Um, And uh, there's the time you need to give upfront to prepare the grants application. Uh, Mm -hmm. Knowing that uh, even with the best project, even with the best grant writer, unfortunately, uh, you never have a 100% chance of winning one of those because those are competitive. Uh, So you are up against everybody else that wants it. And if you win it, then uh, you have to uh, report during the project to the funding agency that will look at your milestones look at your deliverables wants financial reports etc cetera, etc cetera. so you're really paying with your time and yeah. as uh, as an entrepreneur and especially the founder of the founders of the company generally time is their most valuable asset mm-hmm. so yeah uh, it's definitely not free
0: <laughs> no I would hundred ex- percent agree with that as having experience of writing the bids and then also being the reporter back and mm. um, it's but i guess you don't really realize it until you've been through that entire process mm. of how much time like how much time would you say to any i suppose it depends on the size of the mm. of the bid that you've written as and how much time that you would actually spend or need to factor in um to your to your overall uh project as to how much time that you need to allow for that aspect of uh, audit- auditability and, and due diligence and and reporting mm. that has to go back, but it is mm. pretty intense, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty intense. I mean, um, <clears throat> in terms of uh, upfront, so the the the, uh, the grant fund, uh, the grant writing bit, uh, preparing the grant application for uh, your typical Innovate UK uh, grant will take you upwards one hundred hours of work. So uh, I see a lot of people who, who prepare their application uh, on the late, you know, four days before the deadline. Uh, I can guarantee <laughs> yeah, you, no, day. seriously, a lot of them, yeah. um, and which makes sense. I mean, at some point you're like, oh, I should probably apply. Um, I can guarantee you, uh, your chances of winning are very, very slim, uh, mm. <laughs> because there are other companies that will do uh, spend that will spend the, the hundred hour preparing. Yeah. So there's that. And then uh, in the reporting phase, um, I mean, it, it is difficult to estimate, but uh, between the back and forth, I think uh, it's uh, probably um, a few... I would say a month of work over the, over the, the duration of, uh, of a project, give or take, mm-hmm. so for a year yeah. project, you will have to spend about a month preparing the financial, preparing the reports, and uh, yep. and dealing with Innovate UK. But uh, that can be more, that can be less. It depends a lot on on how it is monitored.
0: Yeah. No, I think but these are hidden hidden yeah. costs. I think that exactly. um, many people won't be aware of. Um, mm. And then, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen? that uh, in, in bid applications when people have been mm. applying to grants. What are some of the typical mistakes that you would see that we could perhaps help people with um, from this conversation today?
1: Mm. So um, the first one is uh, trying to uh, fit a square, a square peg into a round hole, <laughs> uh, generally speaking. Uh, and, and to, to be explicit. Um, each uh, grant has a very, very specific scope, uh, a remit that that needs to be addressed for you to have a chance to win that uh, that grant. So. Um, if a grant uh, is uh, for disruptive innovation, uh, they mean it in the sense that if you're coming with something, with an innovation project that is just building up something that is a bit better that was done before, but that won't disrupt the market, uh, no, you will, waste, you will waste your time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and yeah, the, the, the one, the, the first uh, and the, the biggest mistake that, that founders do is uh, not um, reading true and not addressing properly uh, the the scope of the the scope of the funding, um, so that that's that's really definitely the the, the first. Um,
0: <laughs> the word yeah. that comes to my mind, Vivian, is deleted. <laughs> Yeah, but when people it's... are deluded, they read something and go, "Oh, yeah, but we can definitely make that work." It's like, no, you can't. It's
1: not gonna work. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I must say, I mean, as a, um, as an advisor, I, I, I still. Uh, even like seven years in the business I still fall in that trap occasionally because mm-hmm. I have these uh, clients that are absolutely brilliant that, that that have that that amazing technology and that tell me oh yeah we can offer something for that that competition um, and it's only later that I realized that actually to do that, to be able to address that, they had to twist their business, you know, to uh, try to fit it within the, the yeah. competition remit and, uh, and that's when you end up uh, not winning. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's clearly the, the first one. I think the second one, uh, I mentioned that earlier as well, is uh, not uh, allocating enough time to preparing the grant application. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that's a, a clear one, especially, I mean, um, even like working with a company like a, like us, uh, if uh, we take you on board to prepare an Innovate UK smart application, we'll, uh, we'll start working with you a month before the deadline. That's how long it will take to go back and forth and prepare mm-hmm. all the data so that it's very good. Um, If you are doing it by yourself, what you you will need also on top of preparing the application to go through Mm -hmm. all the guidelines and know like what you can and cannot do. And that takes a lot of of time as well. So definitely not allocating enough time. And I think the last one is uh, related with uh, that cash flow thing I I just mentioned. Uh, Companies apply in the, you know, thinking, oh. Maybe we'll get it, we don't know. And if we get it, it's going to be good. And then when they do get it, they're not ready. Yeah. How do we um, fund it? Ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Innovate UK, uh, as all uh, funding agencies, they, they, they are very, very um, cautious about that because they know a lot of projects mm-hmm. fall because the match funding was not in place. So when they announce that you got the grant, you have a month—a uh, month of due diligence with them, uh, during which you need to prove that you will be able to match fund the project. And if you fail, then you have won a grant that you will never access.
0: And probably Kai your chances for the future.
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> that has. <been. laughs>
0: So, I mean, you're saying these things and I'm listening to them and I'm going, yep, 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 yep. Because I've had those experiences and you mm. learn from that experience and obviously from, from our conversation today, um, it's been hugely interesting and you, you can tell the, um, the, the expertise that you're bringing to this. Um, so we always like to finish the podcast with some top tips for people like actionable advice that they can take away to start um, uh, improving their business. So for exploring, brand, exploring grants, what would be your top tips to wrap up today to help uh, entrepreneurs start exploring that avenue? What should they go and do today?
1: Mm. Um, I think like grants, uh, they, they really have to be uh, approached as part of a larger uh, funding plan. Um, so uh, it's uh, one funding stream that needs that needs to be uh, combined with all the others that are available, uh, loans uh, like startup loans, for example, mm-hmm. um, and uh, obviously uh, business angel venture uh, venture e- equity mm-hmm. funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, you are not putting all your eggs in the same basket yeah. um, and to be able to see whether you really have a chance at accessing a grant, uh, you will need to um, be really, really um, realistic with where your business is, what your, fin- uh, your funding and your research capability are uh, and, and have a good understanding of your own business uh, before even uh, approaching that um, so a business plan is is really really necessary uh to be able to approach uh ground funding simply because uh that will tell you whether it is the right instrument or not for your business mm-hmm. so that that that's the first uh, the the first answer uh the, the the second part of it is um If you're looking specifically at uh, innovation grants, uh, because there's grants for uh, buying equipment and other things uh, as well. but If you're looking specifically at innovation grants, uh, then uh, it's uh, really, really important that uh, you have an idea of how innovative you are uh, as of now and how innovative you can be. In the sense of doing your homework <laughs> and scoping properly what the competition mm-hmm. uh, is doing and where you are uh, effectively innovating, because uh, um, I mean you know uh, th- there's a, a great saying uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, we say mm-hmm. that a lot in in research. I think it's uh, yeah. Isaac Newton that that said some and that said that or oh, it's quoted like this. Um, and really, um, there's a lot of companies that. It's a bit harsh, what I'm going to say, but I think they are innovating. And what they are really doing is reinventing the wheel. Uh, And uh, if you have uh, done your research uh, and you know uh, where you sit with, with regards to the, the, the the competition and the state of the art, uh, then you will know uh, if you are innovative enough and if you cannot. If you don't have the expertise to be able able to judge that yourself, then definitely uh, get help, get advice. There's uh, there's even free advice on this. With uh, there's the European Enterprise Network, there's the Knowledge Transfer Network that I mentioned. Um, there's um, there's a lot of of resources available out there that will allow you to see whether. Uh, you have what it takes to 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 access to to grant funding, and obviously uh, private uh, private consultancies like, like ours.
0: Wonderful, uh, standing on the shoulder of giants. You know, I think that's what most uh, startups aspire to do. But um, you're absolutely right. You have to really understand. You know what is true innovation within your organization, and to do that, you need to know um, what's going out, uh, what's exactly. going on, and what's coming up um in the market uh, ahead mm. of you i've spoken to you know a number of entrepreneurs uh, particularly during the iphone era where they were like we were designing this and then the
1: iphone came out mm. <laughs> and that was it." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah uh, no, no, definitely i mean at the moment all the rage is about uh, um, in, uh, artificial intelligence uh and you know that uh, a lot of it um uh, is actually uh, simply uh, glorified code that, that, yeah. that has no, no intelligence in it. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, even though it might do very, very smart things, uh, if the code uh, doesn't have any element of machine learning, then you won't be eligible to grant, uh, it's typical that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really sh- shocking shocking news um yep. listen i have really enjoyed um speaking to you this morning vivian and um sharing your knowledge and expertise around this very sticky um subject which i know that um many uh, entrepreneurs uh, struggle with um so thank you so much for your insight and advice today
1: yeah thanks you for having me standing in the
0: Fast Forward is a weekly interview podcast brought to you by Tech Manchester, an incubator for digital and creative startups in the Northwest. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. The podcast is produced by Sarah Beggy, audio editing by Jamie Guynlock, and music by Parma Violets. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at techmanchester.co.uk or follow us on any of our social channels. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all under Tech Manchester.